through on it, the way of salvation is so clear here, <clears throat> here in the book of Acts. It's for the intro, and here in the chapter, let's, I'm going to kind of read a little bit over here in the book of uh, Acts chapter 3. If you turn over, it says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom he lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that enter into the temple, and who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, and ask an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, and said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the same or in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up and stood and walked and entered enter with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And to all the people saw him walking and praising and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with a wonder and amazement of what had just had or what happened unto him. It's amazing when we see that God performs a miracle on a person, even with saving them. And we, they praise God. And we ought to be thankful if we see a soul that is saved. Amen. I mean, that's the greatest thing we do is try to reach the lost out into this lost and dying world. But you have one in the crowd always wants to complain about it. Always got something to say, something negative about that person or something to uh, run down that person. But over here in... Uh, Acts chapter 4. This is kind of a little bit of an intro, but Peter had an opportunity that God gave him because when all the people saw their amazement and saw what happened, he preached the gospel. He had an opportunity to preach the gospel, which he did. And he said here in verse 1, And they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them, and put them in, in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and number of the men was about five thousand. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes, Ananus and high priests and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priests were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, What power or what, by what name have you done this? And they were already questioning him. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of people and elders of Israel, if we this day examine of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means is he made whole? Be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand 
here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of your builders, which has become the head of the corner. Verse 12, this is going to be my text. Neither is there salvation in the other, for there is none other name under heaven a given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. Salvation is, a, is an important word. Salvation, there's, neither, there's no other salvation outside of Christ. Salvation should be dear to our hearts, you know, because that reminds me of where God brought me from and where He has placed me now. You know, I think about uh, from eastern Kentucky, how in the world I end up here. How did I, how did I make it here? God had a plan. Yes. He had the plan. He uses people, places, and things, and circumstances. And he had a plan. I remember, I always tell my wife about it so much, she probably, I wear her out with it. But there was a time, I didn't, I didn't know God, I was against God. I could not stand church. I didn't want to have nothing to do with it. My grandmother bugged me day in and day out. Go to church with me, go to church with me. So there's times I went to church with her, didn't know anything, got scared to death because of the church that she was a member of. They did a lot of hollering. But anyways, but I think God had a plan because I sit there and think, and one day my dad sent me to his shop. He had a shop that he, and he told me to pick up some tools. So I went over and picked up some tools. This guy out of nowhere on a motorcycle pulls up. He said, can I speak with you? I was like, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I hear I was probably 13 years old, 12. And he said, I want to speak to you about Christ. Out of, I have no I have no idea where he come from. He didn't say where he was from. He just saw me and stopped. Told me about the Lord. I never thought nothing about it. I was so scared of death. I thought he was going to try to mug me or something, you know. Anyway, my dad, you know, which I went back, he's like, Why are you spending much time? I said, Well, there's a man tell, tell me about the Lord. That's all I can remember about it. And it's just amazing how God has a plan to lead you to where you need to be. Yeah. And it's amazing. But salvation, it concludes, you know, the cleaning of our conscience, the past, the, the guilt, the curse. But he put us up on the rock, that solid rock, Jesus Christ. The meaning of salvation, as our pastor mentioned this morning, from a sinner to a saint, or the power, the effects of sin, the redemption. But the word salvation is so misunderstood by some people. The deliverance, they think, I've, I use people I work with, they drive me, I drive them nuts as they try to drive me nuts, but uh, I always ask questions because my wife's like, you're going to turn them away. I said, where are they going to go? I said, and they'd be sitting there talking about their little story, and I said, and I'll just come out of the booth and say, you know Jesus? You know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? They said, well, I don't want to hear that. I don't care about that stuff. I said, but you want to tell me about stuff that, you know, it don't amount to nothing anyway, but and then I asked the gentleman the other day, I said, what does salvation mean to you? What does that word mean to you? He said, well, it's just a word. It just says I, it's going to keep me from hell. It's going to keep me. But how do you know that? But it's just a word. But salvation has two things. that uh, Those two words, hell, uh, keep him from, from hell and, go, or, or going, and going to heaven. But salvation are those two things that are the effects of salvation. 
But here in our text in 4.12, neither is there salvation any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Salvation should be the most important word. It's an important word to us, the us that are saved. Salvation is the greatest gift from the God, great God Almighty. Salvation is the greatest blessing that ever can come to man. And salvation is only by Him and Him only of this great doctrine. Salvation is of the Lord. Now we can look at two sides of it. A negative side and a positive side. The negative side, there is no salvation outside of Christ, which we know that. But to a lost person, they don't know that until they hear the word. The positive side, there is salvation in Jesus Christ, whereby we must be saved here in our text. Now, if you look at history in the Bible, like back in the Babylon times, the kings would tell their people that there's only one way. There's only their salvation, their gods. How they show to get them to worship their God and tell them how their, their salvation. And if you look at today's salvation, if you look at all these churches out here, what is the true salvation? What is the way? What is the truth? What is the life? As Jesus said in John 14, 6. Salvation, churches today... They don't want to go by the Word of God. They want to go by, we'll draw them in a different way. If we get them baptized, or we get them, we'll just bring music in. We'll draw them in. But you can't draw them in. You have to preach the Word. Amen. You have to preach the Word of God. But there's no other God. Because see, God's jealous. He's a jealous God. And He's the only God. That we can worship him. And Mark 12, 32. What about the heathen? You know, going out, we, we sent out missionaries to preach the gospel. They go places that we can't go to. I think of Brother, uh, um, Brother Mills. I can't go there, but he's able to go there. We support him, but he preaches the gospel to them. You know, throughout the world... You know, God says go into all the world and preach the gospel. But there is no other salvation outside of Jesus Christ. There's, there's no salvation. But we think about all these gods that these people bring out. You know, you got... Uh, let's turn over to... I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. We're kind of uh, Turn over to Matthew seven thirteen. As the brother mentioned this morning, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, you know, enter ye, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Many there be, be there be which go in and thereat, because straight is the gate and narrows the way which leads them to life, and few there that be found it. There's, you know, I use, I think about when I, when I witness to people at work, you know, I, I, 
there's this one lady that used to work there. She always wants to talk to me about the Lord and all that, and then I ask her questions. Usually when I ask questions, I always get in trouble. You know, I make people mad. I make family members mad, but that's another story. But I asked her if she was saved, and she said, yes, I am. And uh, I said, how were you saved? She said, oh, I was baptized, I did this, I did this, I did that. And I said, and, and I said, why do you do those things? Does that make you feel that you've, you're saved because you do those things? Well, yes, it makes me feel good. And I was like, oh, makes you feel good. And I said, well, the Lord, you know, yes, do I enjoy coming to church? I'm excited. Can't wait to meet with God. But there's days God makes me feel about this tall. Because he reveals things through his word to make you feel <laughs> that tall. I'll go out there and just, you know, Lord, forgive me. But then she turned around and said, oh, you must be one of those people that once saved, always saved. I said, yes, I am. And she said, I, she said you can lose your salvation. I said, well, tell me how can you lose it? She said, well, you can, uh, you can fall, you know, you can uh, go against God and do your thing. Yeah, I mean, you can follow the will of the Lord. But if it doesn't bother you, you're probably not saved. Now, I didn't judge her on that. But that's just my opinion. Because I believe once saved, always saved. Because John 5, 24 tells me that. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. And she said, well, I don't, I don't agree with that. I said, then you, got, you serve a weak God. He is the only God. And he is a jealous God. He wants the praise. But he shows us the mercy and save your soul. I'm just thankful God saved me. Amen. Without, I mean, without Him, I'm nothing. Uh, my nose runs. Sorry about that. But anyways, the world does not want God. They don't want the true and living God. We have churches today that used to stand for the truth are falling away. Come on now. Because they don't want... They go, well, we ain't drawing enough crowd in here. We need... We need this. We need that. You got to preach the gospel. Drawing, you know, using secular things is not salvation. It's not going to bring them in. But the world, they want to do it the, the way of the world, and that's the way uh, this this day and time. Neither is there any salvation in any others that our text. The salvation by works. How can I obtain this salvation? By works to save myself. Well, first of all, there's nothing. I have no works. And if I had works, it ain't going to save me. It's not going to save me at all. I don't have any good works. You're not saved by being a good person. You're not saved by being being a member of a church. Because I believe lost people hide in church. They just want that feel-good uh, religion, I guess that's the word you can say, because I have a, a guy at work, he said, he said you're a religious f- fanatic, and I said thank you, Amen. I'll take it but I'm not religious, I'm going to make that straight to you, I'm just an old sinner saved by the grace of God that's all I am 
He said, well, you're just about like all them other hypocrites. And I said, well, that's your view. I know where I stand. But I can show you from the Word of God. Jesus Christ is Lord. You cannot be saved by being baptized. I hear a lot of that at work. Well, it's the first thing, hey, I'm saved. That water saved me. I said, well, that blood's the only thing can save you. Without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission of sins. And you can't buy your salvation because you don't have enough money in this world to buy, buy your salvation. It's a free gift. And it's already Jesus Christ paid for it. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Uh, Ephesians 2.8, if you turn with me over there, please. The book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works, least any man should boast. Well, I just wiped that out. Not of works. How much can you work for it? How do you know if you worked enough? How do you know he's, you know, mowing the yard, cleaning the church, uh, uh, helping somebody out? That is, how do you know you've done enough? But God says right here in His Word, For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not of works. Not of works. At least any man should boast. I hear a lot of people say, well, I do this. I, love, I like people looking at me, you know, I'm just bragging about it. I'm just thankful God gives me opportunity to serve Him. Amen. If He gives you opportunity to come into the church, say, I'm going to clean this church, He gave you an opportunity. And He will bless you for that. If you mow the churchyard or if you do whatever you do for the things of God, He will bless you. Amen. And He will give you that ability to do it. I ask God every morning when I go to work, God, give me the, the uh, opportunities to witness and also give me the strength and the ability to do my job. I pray for each and every one here every morning. The prayer box, I'm so thankful that God just placed me in a home that I can sit there and serve Him in fellowship with brothers and sisters of the Lord. He says, not of works. For there is none other no, or for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You hear all these religions out here in this world. You hear about Buddha. I hear a lot of that. I hear it at work. It just shocks me. Muhammad, Allah. They all think that they're going to come. He's going to come back, or those people are going to come back and save them. And strengthen them or whatever. One other person I can mention. The Pope. Well, he says he can take on the sins. There's no way. He's an old sinner just like anybody else. That's right, Jesus Christ is the only one that takes on the sins. He's the one that sacrificed his life. He was one. I nailed him to that cross. Come on. Without the shedding of the blood there is no remission of sins. God is great. He's the only one that can save you. He's the only one. He's the only one that has the power. He's the only one that has the strength. And he's the only one that has the life. In John 14, 6, he says, I am the way. 
John 14, 6. <clears throat> Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. As that little important word, the, is a definite article. It's the true, it's definite. It's the, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Sticking to the word. You got all these other uh, religions out here that, that's trying to push their religion on you. But if you share the gospel with them, they don't want to hear it. But Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. There's no other way. There's no other way to be saved. No man comes unto the Father but by me. This is the greatest name. This truth is an offense to non-Christians. We must make it clear in our witness. And I'll use it for example. Several years ago, uh, uh, Brother Beal and me was out visiting. Knocked on this door. This lady was, oh, yes, I'm just real nice. Until I asked that one word. Can I ask you a personal question? She said, sure, no problem. I said, are you saved? And it just a rage went through her and slammed that door in my face, told me to get off her property. And Brother Bill, which looked at me, he said, what did you say? I said, I just asked if she was saved. That's how powerful the Word of God, it does things to people. Either they make them mad or it makes them happy. When God saves, God's mercy. (laughs) For without Christ, they are lost and bound for hell, whereby we must be saved. You know, God, over in the book of Isaiah, book of Isaiah chapter 53, which is a familiar portion of Scripture, Who hath delivered our report, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. For he shall go grow up, grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of the dry ground, and he hath no form or no form nor uh, comeliness, and and when we shall see him there is no beauty, and we shall should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and he was we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with the straps we are healed. Jesus Christ sacrificed. Here is shown in the book of Isaiah before that time came that how he shed his precious blood for whosoever will. Neither is there any salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That special name, Jesus Christ. There's no other person that can do what he has done. 
because we're still in this old sinful body, this old depraved body that's falling apart. There's nothing we can do, but with Him, He can do everything. You know, asking, like I say, I ask at work, do you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? You know, a lot of them, like I said earlier, a lot of them says, I don't have no time for it. Some says, I don't, I don't want to hear it. You know, they always got an excuse. They don't want to hear it, but they want to tell you what they want you to hear. And, uh, but they don't want to hear what you say. And, you know, a lot of them I talk to, they say, well, if I go to hell, I, it's nothing going to happen. I'm going to have a good time. I'm just going to do whatever I do. I said, no, you're wrong. Hell is for real, and hell you will burn for eternity. It ain't going to be no pleasure. You're going to be in pain, suffering. The answer is not today, maybe later. That's what they always tell me. And I told one gentleman, I said, one day you'll, you'll admit it. One day... You will acknowledge that he is Lord. And he said, well, that never happened. I said, well, I'll show you if you let me show you. And he said, uh, no, I don't want to hear it. And I said, okay, you know, that's fine. You know, that's, that's your fault, not mine. Since I find it here, book of, let's go to the book of Philippians. Book of Philippians, chapter 2, beginning with verse 5. Book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 5. He said, Let this mind be in you, which also in Christ Jesus, who in being who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation, reputation and took up on him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in a fashion... As a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, whereby God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of the things in heaven, of the things of earth, and the things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and the glory, the glory of the God the Father. Amen. Every knee, yeah. the white knee, the black knee, yellow, red, every knee is going to bow. And you're going to acknowledge that Christ is Lord. Amen. There's not, you're not going to get, a while, get by with it. And then after that, judgment to the lost. Judgment to the lost. Whereby we must be saved. There's something about that name. My question to you, friend, are you trusting in Jesus Christ? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you accepted? Well, I'm going to say can't accept. Has God made you alive? Has He made you alive? God has made only one way for salvation, and there are no shortcuts. That's where 
today's churches today trying to come up with shortcuts to make you feel good, to bring you in, to draw people in. But they don't want to preach the gospel. You hardly ever hear. I've listened to some people on the sermon audio from other little, uh, their sites, just curious of what they had to say. You hardly ever hear them talking about the gospel. You hardly ever hear them talk about the Lord. They're just talking about just general things here and there, just to make the people, I think, feel good, I guess. Jesus Christ is the way. Where the last part of that, of that text, whereby you must be saved. Jesus Christ is Lord. Over in the first Corinthians chapter 15, we'll be closing with this scripture. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. He said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have received wherein ye stand. And for that example, when my uncle passed away up in Michigan, and they asked me to say a few words, and I said, Sure, be glad to. I share this with him. He said, I said, moreover, brethren, I just read these scriptures, which I had a bunch of eyes looking at me like, what are you talking about? Why ain't you talking about my dad that is dead here? Why ain't you uplifting him? There's nothing I can do for him. He's already gone. He is already gone. I can, all I can do is declare unto you the gospel. He says here, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I also preach, which I preach unto you, which also you have received in vain, or received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried. And rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. It's according to the Scriptures. If it's outside of the Scriptures, it's not true. I think I've heard Brother Gum say that one time. He said, if it's true, it's nothing new. But if it's new, it probably ain't true. If you hear something that's new, it probably ain't true. Jesus Christ is Lord. And he shed his blood for whosoever will. So thankful for that for the Lord that the the show us here in his word. For I deliver you first of all that I also receive that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried and rose again the third day according to the scripture, which I had one gentleman at that funeral told me he said, It's the greatest thing I ever heard. That's the only one person. Maybe it affected. Maybe that word of God affected him. Amen. Don't know that, but that's between him and God. But I'm so thankful for that. Give me this opportunity, brother. I'm going to turn this back over to you. And if God has spoken to you, let us know. Because it's thankful. It's the greatest thing ever. Turn over to you, brother. All right, if you have a Hamilton 82, I gave my life for thee.